Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. After singing that hymn, it almost seems like anything I say is uh, very subpar. But this morning, as I said at the gospel reading, we're beginning a series that's going to take us through all of November. And it's a series called Money Matters. And uh, in a moment, I'll, I'll... tell you what it has to do with All Saints Sunday today, but really it's kind of getting us going to the next three weeks. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, but today we're going to look at what Jesus said in Luke 12. And when it comes to talking about church and money, I think there's this perception, and I've heard many people say it this way. They say, oh man, the church, they're always talking about So that's a perception I want to change. Some of you heard me talk about this. I don't want people everywhere to think, well, when the Christian church talks, they're always talking about money. I want to change that perception so that people everywhere, when they think of the church, when they think of the Christian church, they fill that blank indifferently. I want people everywhere to think that the church is always talking about Jesus. So help me change that when, when we go places, when we talk. When we, and I think we try to do that in what we do uh, here at Zion. And we are going to talk about Jesus today, and we're going to look at what Jesus talked about and what he said today, which kind of brings us back somewhere, because guess what Jesus talks about? Money. Jesus talks a lot about our relationship to our stuff. Jesus talks a lot about the things that are important to us. Jesus talks a lot about the things that are very near and very dear to our heart. Jesus talks about the things that truly matter. And one of those things that we all have a relationship with is money. We all have some, whether you have a lot or a little, we all have some, and we all use it. And we go to schools to gain skills to earn it. We spend many years of our lives earning it. We browse shopping malls and Amazon for how we're going to spend it. We dream and scheme of more ways to acquire it. We pay professionals to take care of us and make it grow while we sleep. It can provide great blessings, and it can also become a curse. Guess what the number one thing married couples fight about? It is, yes. In our life, money is unavoidable, and God talks about it, so also should we. And it's important. But I think also a good question to start with is why. Why talk about something? Why talk about anything? Especially why talk about money? Well, when people think the church always talks about it, one of the assumptions, I think, is they want to talk about it because they want yours. That's why people talk about it, because they want to get in your pocket and get yours. The church wants it just like everybody else. Well, it is true that Zion operates completely and pays all of its bills because of your generosity. That is absolutely true. But there's a bigger reason, and that is this. The biggest reason to talk about money in the church is that money is spiritual. It is. Money is spiritual. How we interact with our things and with our money is a spiritual issue first before anything else comes into play. Yes, it's definitely practical, but money is a spiritual issue. How we spend it, how we think about it, tell us the condition of our heart and our soul and our attitude towards God. And if money is a soul issue, it it means that it wants control of your soul, and so does Jesus. And only one of those died and rose for you. 
You see, money is powerful and can cause people to do drastic things to get it and to keep it. And it's powerful and it can even threaten your own soul. And yet, Jesus alone wants to sit on the throne of your heart. Because Jesus alone came from heaven to earth and died for you and forgives you all your sins. And Jesus alone was infinitely generous to you. Jesus alone bought and paid for your soul and wants all of you for his glory. So we're going to look at what Jesus said, but first I want to connect this to All Saints Sunday for you. When we talk about money, that's kind of a smaller thing. The bigger topic we're talking about, you may have heard the, the churchy word, stewardship. Stewardship, well, what's, what's that? Do you see that everything you have in your entire life is a gift from God? Do you look at everything you've ever been given and say, God, thank you. It's all from you. This is all yours. How do you want me to use it? To love you and to love my neighbor. Do you see that all of your things, they're God's? As Christians, we pray over and over, our Father. And when we pray that, we are saying, we're praying that our Father gives us daily bread as we are his children. And so stewardship means that everything you have your time, your, your talents, your giftings are God's, and he's loaning them to you for a while. The things you're good at, the skills, the training, your job, your energy, your house, and yes, of course, your money, but they're all God's, and he's letting you use them for a while. What you have isn't your stuff. What I have isn't my stuff. It's God's, and it's just on loan to use for a while and to use for God's glory. And so a steward simply manages somebody else's stuff, and it's God's. So stewardship says, God, you've given me everything I have. How can I serve you with it? And that's how I see people that have gone before in the faith and now rest with Christ. They were simply stewards. The saints we are thankful for today, the people you miss, the people whose names you wrote down, the people whose seat is empty next to you today, they were simply stewards of what God gave them. If your loved one discipled you, told you the gospel, and helped you follow Jesus, then they simply stewarded the faith that God gave them and the relationship with you that God gave you. And if you were under their care, they stewarded you, they shepherded you. We are all simply stewards of what God gives us. Now let's look at Luke chapter 12 for a moment. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. Now he's sitting outside. People don't have to look very far. They're, they're right there. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse or barn. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your life? If then you're not able to do this small thing as this, why are you anxious about anything else? Consider the lilies. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you're to eat or to drink, nor be worried for the nations of the world. Seek all of the, these, and your Father knows you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. 
and all these things will be added to you. And then here's my favorite section of this. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that don't grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you see that God has given you everything? As Jesus said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you see that God, your Father, has given you everything, even forgiveness and eternal life at the expense of His only Son? God has given you everything. You don't have to worry about who you are. You're a new creation in Christ. You don't have to worry about your future. You are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. Your future is secure. And then Jesus says, because the Father has given you the kingdom, you don't have to be attached to your stuff. You can use it to help others. That's why he says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't say all, and I don't think he means that. He says, don't be attached to your stuff. You can, you can help others with it. The grip that we so tightly hold onto our, our money and our time even and our resources and our energy, when you know that God has already given you everything, it loosens your grip on all of that and you start to give to others and you help others and you use what God has given you to love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Believing the gospel makes you generous and you love your neighbor. Provide, as Jesus says, yourself money bags that don't grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. He's saying earthly money bags grow old. Can't take it with you to the grave, but you can bless God's kingdom and bless others with it. And then the final phrase he gets us with is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Makes me wonder for you and for me, what is your treasure this morning? What is it? What is your treasure this morning? I think you and I already all have one. We may not call it that, but you do. I do. We all have a treasure, and I wonder what it is. Your treasure is what your dream life is. When you daydream and think, ah, that would be the life, what does it look like for you? What is your dream life? Is it sitting on a beach in Hawaii all day, every day, and then golfing when you feel like it? Is it retiring young or having a set amount of money in the bank? Or is it getting a certain degree? Or is it seeing your children succeed in certain ways? We all have some vision of life at its best the good life or a dream life, whatever you want to call it, I think that is your treasure and that is my treasure. And you and I will also work every day to achieve that. Whether we admit it or not, we will work consciously and unconsciously every moment of every day to achieve what you think is the ideal dream life. That is your treasure. Your treasure is what you dream of your life being someday. And Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. 
Whatever you dream of as your dream life, that's your treasure, and your heart is already there working at, going after it in, in so many ways. What is your treasure this morning? Well, what if your treasure was God's kingdom? What if your treasure was the gospel? To be known by Jesus. What if your treasure was seeing your children and your grandchildren become disciples of Jesus? How would you live differently? What if your treasure was more people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ? What if your treasure was more people growing in faith? How would you reorient your life? How would you steward your resources differently? How would you spend your time? How would you spend your money differently? How would it change how you live your life? Jesus said, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves money bags that don't grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so may the peace that surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.